Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would uh, speak. I thank you that you've got something to say individually and personally to every person that's in this auditorium today. It's taken time to be in this place. So, Father, let your word be with anointing, let it be with freedom, let it be with power. Lord, to bring transformation and strength into our lives, we ask in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Great to see you all. Thanks for coming out. This here, right here in the heart of Auckland City. Wow, great place to be planted. You know, when Jesus walked uh, the earth for 33 years, if you think about it, he faced some massive struggles, hurts, pain, disappointment, betrayal. You know, the list goes on and on, a crown of thorns and so much more. Have you ever wondered why? If you, why, why did the master plan of salvation have to be so hard? Couldn't it have been easier? Like, why a cross? Why a crucifixion? Like, wow. I wish I could answer that question, but I can't. But I can say this, that I've been doing my best to live for God for over 30 years. And I can say this, that struggle comes with the territory. It's a part of the package deal, if you like, of Christianity, not what you wanted to hear this morning, but it's, um, it, it's all there. You never hear, I don't know about the West or city here, but you never hear anyone, anyone say, living for God, hey, since I've followed Jesus, it's been so easy. Man, it's just a walk in the park. Come on, everybody, you've got to join in with us. There are no battles, there are no struggles, there's no tough times. I wish I could say, but I've never heard anyone say that yet. Which proves the point, the struggle is part of the journey. But keep in mind that people in the world also have struggles. And Job makes it very clear in chapter, uh, what is it, uh, 5 or 7, man is born to trouble as sparks fly upwards. It even says that man's only a few days and he's full of trouble, Job tells us as well. So when I started out walking with God and living for him, no one ever sat me down and said, now, Tark, if you get on this journey, can I just explain to you what it's going to be like? And it's going to be hard and it's going to struggles and battles and all the rest of it. No one did that and, and probably just as well. Because I might have said, uh, gosh, pass. <laughs> I think I'll leave this journey. Um, let me think about it a bit more. And you know, the truth is, I'm facing struggles right now in a war zone, battling dark forces. And it's just not easy. I might smile on the outside, but I'm telling you, I'm not always smiling on the inside. It is a, it is, it's, just a, it's just a battle. And you know, one of the major causes of disappointment in our lives, even depression, is wrong expectations. And we can have a wrong expectation of what Christianity or living for God will look like. And we really have to get this right. We have to understand this. Because if we don't, we're going to end up bitter and disillusioned and angry and unforgiving and resentful. And we may even walk out on God and say, God, if that's what it's like serving you, I'm out of here. We've got to understand that struggle is a part of the journey. And I'm, you know, what, what is so good is that Jesus is 
ruthlessly honest with us and uh, tells us exactly what it's going to be like. He left Paul in no doubt. So let's go to Acts chapter 9. If you've got your Bible, I'm not sure if this one's on the screen. It might come on the screen, but if it doesn't, we're in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Which says, but the Lord said to him, go for you are a chosen vessel of mine. He thought, wow, cool, that's good. Bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children. Wow, that's awesome. But then he says in verse 16, and I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Oh, okay. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, you know, Jesus laid all the cards on the table with Paul. And he said to Paul, hey, Paul, you need to understand this is what it's going to be like. And you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I'm glad that was Paul and that was not me. Actually, Jesus lays all the cards on the table for you and me as well. And we find that in Mark 8, 34 to 35, where it says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Like, like what? Hold on a minute. What did you just say? Like, deny? Jesus, I'm just coming to follow you. Deny myself? Take up my cross. Jesus, I've seen some crosses. I've seen people, I don't, like, I don't like the look of those things. So is this, is that what you're saying? I've got to deny myself, I've got to take up my cross. It's not once a year, by the way. <laughs> it's daily. Daily, every day, there's a cross. Man, it's pretty bad. And then he, it doesn't stop there. And he says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses my life, his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So then he goes on and says, you're going to have to lose your life as well. You're going to have to give it up. Now, before you get depressed and start walking out the doors here, even though following Jesus comes with great struggles, it is still the most exciting, rewarding, satisfying, and fulfilling life on planet Earth. Nothing comes close. It's just, it's just amazing. And you know, the Bible proves itself once again to be true, that if you lose your life, you actually find it. And if you die to yourself, you actually do live. It's, it's incredible, but it's true. The, the gospel Christian works in opposites. You've got to uh, uh, lose to gain, give to receive. You've got to die to live. You, and it's all opposites. Now, some people never get that revelation. But the day you do, you begin to live. You begin to find the fulfillment that Christianity offers you despite the struggles, despite the pain, despite the betrayal that you will sometimes experience. And there's a popular cult that's crept into churches, or even crept into churches, and it's a cult of the easy life. How many are here for the easy life? Okay, the rest of you can have a hard life, but my hand is up. I'm for the easy life. I'm for, God, give it, make it as easy as possible, please. He's not listening, though, I'm sure, but uh, I can still ask it. But, uh, you know, we see it in Get Rich Screams, like, Avoid all the hard work, win lotto, and retire for the rest of your life. Wouldn't that, you know, some people think that would be awesome. I think it would be quite boring, to be honest. But you see it with more and more creature comforts. I like the easy life, like some of you do. I have a lazy boy. I have a remote control. And I have a wife. I don't have to move. I can sit on my chair and be served. I'm still waiting for the peeled grapes. I said that in the first service this morning, and my wife is not talking to me for a week. <laughs> but I thought it was worth it. If you want an easy life, then <clears throat> I want to suggest following Jesus, serving him is probably not going to provide that for you. Jesus didn't leave and lead an easy life himself. He didn't promise that a disciple of his would enjoy an easy life. 
In fact, he said, in the world, you will have tribulation. You'll have trouble. You're facing trouble today. You're facing struggles today. I'm not minimizing how painful it might be. It does come with the territory. And understanding gives strength. You know, when we understand what's happening. Sometimes they say the hardest part about a trial is when you don't understand it. It's harder than the actual trial. Like, God, what on earth is going on? And, you know, I know, I think we all face some of those things in our lives. And sometimes we don't understand it till decades later. But understanding does give us strength. And it does require surrender. And results in surrender. How many of you have found that struggle leads to greater surrender? It's like, God, help me. <laughs> Jesus, I need you. Every hour, I need you. <laughs> When all is good, uh, Jesus, every year I need you. <laughs> when you're in struggle, God, every minute I need you. It leads to surrender. That's a great thing, isn't it? Because you get closer to God. Nothing beats that, ultimately. Still, I prefer no struggle. Now, it's going to surprise you that there's two areas that we experience struggle as Christians. Firstly, in the world. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, there was one person that made living for Christ incredibly tough for me. I mean, just persecuted me like crazy. It was awful. lasted for a couple of years. And uh, three decades later, that person actually got saved. <laughs> now I'm praying that, I, uh, that they will reap what they sowed. <laughs> God, deal with them. <laughs> just kidding. I didn't pray that. It's gonna, I just hope they make it and you know, keep on going on with God. See, most people in the world are not eager for the truth, so don't don't be surprised, it's tough being a Christian in the world, telling people about Jesus, it's hard work, you know, it's just, you know, they're not, they don't want to know, so it's a challenge. But what may surprise you is it's also tough to be a Christian in the church. Missionaries will tell you that their greatest troubles often are not the heathen, but other missionaries that they have to work of, work with, relationships with them. And so some of our deepest grief will not come from the world, but the church. People will betray you in the church, hurt you, disappoint you, let you down. Some will criticize you, which will be very painful, especially people who have trusted. You know, people who are you dependent on will leave you. And this all happens inside the church. And people like shock, horror, like, isn't this in the church? Aren't we all Christians? Yeah, we're all Christians, but we're not all like Christ. There's the difference. Is anyone here like Jesus? No. Okay, so we've got a sinful, fallen nature, so we're going to do stuff that really upset other people. A wise a prophet said to me many years, he said, Tark, make plenty of allowance for the fact that there are areas of sin in the lives of Christians that God has not yet dealt with. Do you want me to say that again? There's areas in the lives of all Christians, every Christian, including everyone on the front row, areas in their lives that God has not, and the pulpit that God has not yet dealt with. So they're going to do stuff. Pastors are going to do bad stuff because they're human like everyone else, like you are. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to blow it. They're going to get angry. They'll lose their self-control. They'll say things they shouldn't say because I've done all those things and I still do them because I'm not Jesus yet. But the sad thing is we get the stuff inside the church. And then what happens? People say, well, if that's what church is like, I'm out of here. No, 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 no. It's actually, it's wor it is worse out there, believe me, all right? But we've got to understand that these struggles, you see, understanding gives you strength. So next time a Christian does the dirty on you, you're not going to say, I'm out of here. You can just say, oh, Pastor Tyler told me about this. God bless you, I worship you. 
love you, Jesus, more than ever before, but help me right now because I'm struggling. <laughs> Are you understanding? you with me here? Yeah, we got to, we got to understand this stuff because so many people walk out on the church, you know? Sometimes when you're struggling, people are going to, someone in the church is going to give you a lecture, you know, and it's the last thing you want. Or they're going to point to something you did wrong and say, well, that's probably the reason you're suffering. I mean, it's just so bad. <laughs> I remember when we were having struggles years ago in church, in, in church living and things were going wrong. So someone, someone in the church, blessed person, has a vision of me, and they see a snake coming out of my head, and like the devil's having his day. And I said, thank you very much. That is so helpful right now. <laughs> oh, let's move to the next point. <laughs> Stuff happens in the church. Even though serving God has struggles, it doesn't mean you won't have joy. See, joy's in the inside. Joy is not based on your outside circumstances. <laughs> if you're waiting for your circumstances to all come right so you can have joy, oh, God bless you, you'll be waiting till eternity. Because it's never going to be like that. There's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be a struggle. There's always going to be something going on. But joy is in, on the inside. It's out of our relationship with God. And we can all have joy. We can win victories. We can have blessings. God's got a way of, of blessing us that makes all the struggles worth it. Like, I just, God, he's so cunning. He's so clever. I mean, I have battles and struggles and all the rest of it. And then, then he makes it, makes it all worthwhile. And I say, oh, Jesus, you're so wonderful. And I say, why am I saying you're so wonderful? I've got all these battles going on. But he makes it worth it. You see, today, despite all the struggles, I am happier than ever been, more fulfilled than I've ever been, and have more peace than I've ever had in my life. Because why? Peace comes from relationship. It doesn't come from this sin sick. If you're looking for peace in this world, mate, it isn't coming. Just talk to Korea in the US. I mean, you know, maybe they'll work a deal there. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but I wouldn't wait for it. So, serving God is a fantastic life. Disclaimer here or point here if, if, everyone say if, <laughs> you're sold out and you're all in. See, everything I've talked about. Is true if you're sold out and all in. If you're casual, low-key, lukewarm, sorry, doesn't work. Then the struggles may well make you bitter. You may not find the fulfillment and the joy. So we've got to be all in for this thing. Just also remember, you know, that with the incarnation, when God took on human flesh in Jesus, he experienced the full range of suffering on earth. He experienced his, you know, it went so far. Have you ever thought about it? He's called a man of sorrows? Wow. I don't know anyone that I'd actually call, well, man of sorrow, woman of sorrows. And then we wonder, does Jesus care? Of course he cares. He's been through everything you've been through. He's been through betrayal. He's been through rejection. He's been through pain, disappointment, hurt, criticism, negativity. He's been through the whole lot. The Bible almost says there's, there's almost nothing he, there's nothing he can't identify with in your life. And that is the majesty and the magnificence of the incarnation, that he became a man just like us. And so he can understand everything that we go through. He weeps with us. He's not insensitive to our struggles. So we need to make sure that we preach the whole truth. Not come to Jesus and all your troubles will be over. You've got a smooth life and a good pathway to heaven. No, there's going to be mountains. There's going to be valleys. And that's how 
it is in our lives. You know, if we're honest, our testimony is we've had plenty of troubles since getting saved. Maybe more than before we were saved. It's true in my life. Why would that be? Think about it. You've just entered a war zone against the powers of darkness, trying to live for God and bring people to a knowledge of salvation. You are now a threat to the kingdom of darkness and to the devil. Before you say, he didn't care about you. He'd leave you alone. In fact, you were on his side. He'd probably bless you and do you good. I mean, he doesn't do that, but you can imagine that he didn't mind then. But then you change camps. You, you left his camp, and now you're in the kingdom of God. You, you are now a target. He does not like you. He goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that's us. It's me. That's you. We're in, in war zone. We're in a battle, friends. And therefore, I would suggest that probably our struggles increase after that we're saved than when we had before them. But the good thing is we have a lot more help now that we have God on our side. We'll get to that probably shortly. They say that um, Paul was... Uh, uh, his sufferings were mostly physical. Many were physical. He was often worn out, 2 Corinthians 6, 4 to 5. Tribulations, distresses, stripes, imprisonment, sleeplessness. The Bible tells us that Paul was not a strong man physically. He said he was a small, little man, and bald, yet he committed himself to endurance. And we need to do that, folks. We need to commit ourselves to endurance despite all the struggles and the battles. In fact, they say one of the greatest keys to success in any area of life is perseverance. It's endurance. You've got to hang in there. It's more important than genius. It's more important than charisma. It's more important than, than ability and talents and gifts is the ability to hang in there, to persevere through it all. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You've got to outlast your opposition. You've got to outlast your struggles. You've got to see it through to the end because at the end of the day with God, you can win through to the other side. If your roots are securely fixed in Jesus, you will outlast every storm. There you go. That's the key. That's the key. That's why you've got to be all in and sold out. If your roots are securely fixed in Jesus, you will outlast every storm because every storm runs out of rain. Sooner or later, it runs out of rain. Make sure it runs out of rain before you run out. Outlast it. You can do it. With God's help, you can do it. There is strength for the stretch. There is strength for the stretch. Deuteronomy 33, 25, as your day, so shall your strength be. Paul didn't say, I've done my bit. It's been tough. It's time for younger men. He could have retired early, but he didn't. He finished his course. Tell the person next to you, finish your course. Come on, finish your course. Don't quit. Don't call it a day. Don't retire. Refire. Keep going. Finish your course. Finish it. I'm not talking about the three-course meal. I'm talking about the course, your race for Jesus. Finish your course. So I want to look at how we can gain the most from struggles. As Christians, we have two huge advantages over those who do not know Christ. If you're one of those, listen carefully, please. As Christians, we can find God's grace and power to strengthen us through any struggle. He is equal to any struggle. I don't care how big it is, how hard it is, he is equal. His grace is more than supernatural strength is available to you as a Christian. Reach out to God and ask for it, and he will provide it to you. But secondly, God can redeem our struggles and work them for massive good in our lives. Isaiah 45 verse 3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. There are treasures to be found in struggles. 
There are treasures to be found in darkness. I want to explore a few of those with you today. There's something in struggle that can bring out incredibly positive results in our lives that can't be achieved any other way. So let me give you some thoughts on this. This is not the whole deal, but this is just some of my thoughts. Firstly, struggle can press you into your destiny. Psalm 66 verse 12 says, you cause men to ride over our heads. Maybe that's you. You went through fire. You're in the fire right now. And water. You brought us out to rich fulfillment. How good is that? Everyone say rich fulfillment. Yeah, men, women, people may be walking over you, making your life absolutely miserable. You may find yourself in the midst of fire and storm. But God says in his word, he will bring you through into a place of rich fulfillment. There will be blessing at the end of the day. David faced Goliath, seemed an insurmountable giant, but it resulted in David moving towards his destiny to be the king. Think about Moses. He had the struggle with Pharaoh, who opposed him at every point, resisted him, battled him, stood against him. But Pharaoh, God used Pharaoh to move Moses into his calling and destiny in God as a great leader. Then there's Esther. She has evil Haman trying to annihilate the Jews and make life miserable for God's people. But if it wasn't for Haman, Esther would never fulfill her destiny to save a nation. She fulfilled God's plan, but it took Haman to press her into the destiny for her life. And some young people, you know, they experience a broken relationship. And the pain of it can be severe, but sometimes, and I'd say most times, if not every time, it presses them into their destiny for God and what his plan actually is. But you go through the struggle. It was true in my own life. Bill Wilson was 14 years old when his mother, you know the story, left him at the side of the road and said, wait here for me. He waited three days. She never returned. You can only imagine the pain and the suffering he went through with that. But now he has this massive ministry reaching thousands of kids for Christ Uh, in the United States of America. His struggle pressed him into his destiny. Without that struggle, I would suggest he would never have had this incredible ministry to reaching children. There's treasure to be found in your struggle. They say when when you find purpose beyond your pain, it's a key to healing. When you find purpose... See, there's purpose, in a sense, in the pain. What was it that can come out of that pain? When you use your pain for purpose, it can bring healing into your life. It's not wasted. See, with God, nothing is ever wasted. God redeems everything. God can redeem everything. No matter how bad it is, God can. He's the great redeemer. The cross looked like everything was a disaster, but actually it was a massive victory. That didn't take away the cross. It didn't take away the pain or the struggling. But the other side was this massive victory. See, for me, one of my greatest struggles was when I'd become a new Christian. My dad was a Hindu, 59 years, diagnosed with a a, a terminal condition, given three weeks to live. It was a great struggle. Prayed, fasted, sought God, and of course, he, he gave his life to Christ. But friends, that pushed me into my destiny. My destiny to see countless thousands of people come to salvation through Jesus Christ. 
through prayer, through fasting. It pushed me into prayer, pushed me into fasting. It did me immense good. I, I mean, in some ways, I thank God for those weeks when we struggled in prayer with God. But we saw a great salvation. And it's built faith in my heart that no one is beyond the reach of the gospel. That's why we have such a passion for lost people. It came back to this great struggle I went through years and years and years ago when I was on my face before God, not knowing that God was working something in my life that would be great strength moving forward and help me be what God has called me to be. Which reminds me in this whole journey as Christians, we've got to be optimists. Got to be optimists, not pessimists. Reminds me, this man had two sons. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. So they dumped a truckload of toys into the room of the pessimist. That should cheer him up. A truckload of manure in the room of the optimist. See what he'd do with that. Well, the pessimist ends up crying. They said, what's wrong? They said, I don't know which toy to pray, play with. The optimist, he's digging through the manure. He's digging away, digging away, digging away. They said, what on earth are you doing? He says, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. <laughs> Keep digging. Keep digging. Come on, keep digging. Keep digging in your struggle. Keep digging. There's a treasure there somewhere. There's something God's doing in your life that is going to be of immense blessing in the future. You can't see it now. You can't understand it now, but keep on digging. Don't stop digging until you find the treasure, until you find the pearl, until you find the thing that God is doing in your life through the most adverse of circumstances. Try to focus on the treasure not the struggle, if you can. Number two, struggle can lead to a new direction. New direction. See, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. <clears throat> Left to die in a pit, then time in a prison. He had a huge struggle. But as a result of the struggle, God would uh, direct him and lead him in a new direction. He moved him to Egypt. And in Egypt, he'd become the prime minister, fulfill God's call upon his life. But it took the struggle. He had to go through the pit. He had to go through prison. He had to get a portrayal to actually get him to where God needed him to be. It led to a new direction. I experienced this in my own life. Uh, my dream was always to be a missionary on the field. So I went to the Philippines, and as most of you know, it was a huge struggle. I mean, it was just, it was so bad. And so we came back on furlough, and we had offered a position to be associate pastors at the Queen Street Assembly, the largest church in the country at that time. If, listen, if the Philippines had been a walk in the park, and God had blessed, and we'd seen fantastic things happen, we would not have, we would have turned down the offer to be associate pastors, and I would, never, I would not have ended up ultimately being uh, pastoring here at Church Unlimited, where I'm having greater impact for God than I ever would have had if I was on the mission field. It took a struggle to redirect us into the direction that God had for our lives. There was treasure in that struggle. I, it took me decades before I could see it, but I can't see it now. Third thing. Struggle can develop Christian character in you and essential qualities for greater success. You know, if, if nothing else, a struggle can make us more like Jesus. Thank you for the excited response on that point. They say when God hands out the rewards on Judgment Day, they reckon one of the biggest things he's going to look at and base it on is character. Think about that. So if this trial, if you're allowed to develop character in you, it's one of the greatest blessings you could ever receive for eternal rewards for yours in heaven. Don't underestimate that character is one of those great treasures, if not the greatest treasure that you can grab a hold of in the midst of your battle and struggle. A survey was done of 413 great achievers, and two researchers spent years looking for common factors that made them successful. They discovered this, that almost all of them, 392, that's 95%, 
had to overcome great obstacles along the way. Struggle does an essential work in our lives. You know, a caterpillar has a yearning to fly. It knows it's meant to fly. But for that to happen, can't happen unless it goes into a cocoon. And in that cocoon, it becomes inactive. Its former beauty is stripped away. But inside the cocoon, a transformation is taking place. What emerges is amazing. Something that can fly. It's a butterfly. But while in that cocoon, there's a struggle to get out. And so get me out of here. Get me out of this. Let me out. You know, there's a battle, there's a struggle. But to cut short the struggle would rob the butterfly of its destiny. So there's little boys watching a butterfly try and get out of its cocoon. So with a razor, he cuts the edge of it. And butterflies release, but the problem is it couldn't fly. It needed the struggle to strengthen its wings so it could fly. Friends, God's preparing you to fly. And his struggle is doing an essential work in your life so you can be more successful, so God can take you to the next level. A couple more points on this. Number four, fourth point is you discover things about yourself you never would otherwise. I found a lot about, about, a lot about myself through struggles. I've discovered some bad things, insecurities, fears, jealousy, lack of love. The list goes on and on and on, by the way. But also some good qualities, like perseverance. I've found that. I've discovered faith, the ability to change. Do you know the real you comes out, of, out, of, comes out under pressure? Now, sometimes you're like the honeycomb. You get squeezed and, oh, it's so sweet what comes out. Other times you're like a lemon. You get squeezed and what comes out is, is just not good. How many honeycombs do we have here? I had one at West. I've got one here, this one here. And well, you Percentage-wise, you guys are way ahead. How many lemons? Yeah, yeah, just about all lemons. Same at West. That brings me back to the first point of why you have struggles in the church, because it's full of lemons. <laughs> but once you find out where your weaknesses are, listen, work on them. Don't ignore them. Work on them. That's why God's exposed it. Otherwise, you'll never get the treasure. You'll never develop the character, which you actually need to go to the next level. You need it to be what God's called you to be. Okay, finally, as I wrap it up, struggles qualify and equip us to help others. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This could be the best result of your struggle. When you've been through something, you can help a lot of people, and this may be your greatest ministry. How many of you know that people who have suffered most can help others the most? They can just get into your shoes. They can understand. That's why my wife is brilliant at helping people because she understands, she feels she's been through so much herself. She's walked in their shoes, if you like. Even though the devil sent struggle to take you out, God is going to use it to take you up. And when you're up, you're going to be able to help others get up. There's something in the struggle that we need to become what God has purposed for our lives. The musicians would come, please. Moses needed Pharaoh. He did. Esther needed Haman. David needed Goliath. The children of Israel needed giants. Singers as well, thanks, if that's okay. Struggle is preparing you for a greater future. The good news is this, as I finish. Struggles don't last forever. 
Weeping may endure for a, a night, but joy comes in the morning. I trust it's almost morning for many of you when your struggle will be over and get ready for the next one. What are we going to sing, team? Huh? Jesus at the center. Okay, let's stand, shall we? A great being with the city always is. You want to come to the youth service? You can do that tonight. But Jesus at the center. Why don't you just surrender yourself afresh to the Lord in the midst of your struggle and just say, God, I want to respond to you, God. I want to receive the treasures, the rich fulfillment. Don't waste your struggle. Don't waste it. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. Don't get unforgiving. Keep digging. Keep digging because there's great treasure there somewhere. God bless you all. Take care. Love you all. Thanks.